This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. A stunner last night from Adam Schefter. Mike McCarthy back with the Dallas Cowboys. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Schefter reported it first. Cowboys then released a statement afterwards about bringing Mike McCarthy back. I am a huge McCarthy fan. Some, Cece, will say I go too far in my McCarthy fandom, but even I was shocked last night that he was back with the Dallas Cowboys. This will be year five for him in the four years previously, 42-25, and 1-3 and three in the playoffs, 36 wins over the last three years, 167-102 overall, and 11-11 in the postseason, obviously combining Green Bay and Dallas. Nobody on our show has said Mike McCarthy is not a good coach. Every one of us has said he is a good football coach. You can't look at him the way you look at Nathaniel Hackett, but he's not Bill Belichick. Obviously. He's had three 12 win seasons in a row. Right. He is <laughs> He's a, a very, good football coach. very good football coach. But now, for a very good football coach who has won a Super Bowl, who has had tremendous success in the regular season, regular season with Dallas, he enters into a one year deal. Can I just throw something out at you? If I were his agent, okay, I actually would call the Seattle Seahawks today. And I would call John Schneider, who's the general manager there, who Mike McCarthy was with in Green Bay. And I would say, Are you interested at all? Just out of curiosity. In Mike, because am I really that comfortable walking into the circus of a lame duck season right now with the Dallas Cowboys if I'm Mike McCarthy? Like, is this attractive to him to come back like this? I don't know, but you're as committed as your options, and I don't know how many people out there are interested in trading for Mike McCarthy because that's what it would take in order to get him to go there. So that that that's the part that I would – I would be skeptical of with the scenario that you laid out, but the decision for Jerry Jones to stay status quo when there's a clear and obvious upgrade at the head coaching spot in Bill Belichick, that is a head-scratcher for me, Smalls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would think that when he is that upset about the wild-card playoff loss, he said he was floored that there would be a change that would be made. And I know you're suggesting that maybe Jerry Jones wants Mike McCarthy to make that decision for him, what was what was the theme of the last hour as we discussed this? It's Jerry Jones's ego. Why would Jerry Jones not want to be in control of that decision? Yeah. Why would he not be the one that wants to take all the glory? Like, this is not acceptable for the Dallas Cowboys to lose in the playoffs. Our standard is bigger than that. Why would he let Mike McCarthy make that choice? Understood. And, and I get that. I'm just thinking about if I were Mike McCarthy's agent, I would say, thank you. You made the right choice. Now can we discuss what's next because a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys, which they've done multiple times with Jason Garrett. But in this circumstance right now, Jerry Jones, the age he is, Dak Prescott on the final year of his deal, like we need to discuss more of this. But we talk about Belichick, and I think so much of the Mike McCarthy termination was based on two things, or possible termination, excuse me, based on two things. Horrible playoff losses, especially this past weekend, and who you could get to replace him because we've never seen a candidate pool like this. Should I now believe, should we all believe, guys, that maybe the candidate pool wasn't that big for the Dallas Cowboys? Maybe Belichick wasn't an option? I have a hard time with that, man. This is a talent-rich team, a cash-rich owner, the most visible franchise in the NFL, and a rabid fan base. Uh, You have all the ingredients that it takes. You got a first-class facility in Frisco, Texas. You got an outstanding venue at AT AT&T Stadium. You got everything you want. Even the quality of life for the coaches' family members and friends, it's, it's phenomenal. Why would you not want this job? The only reason you wouldn't want this job or you would hesitate is if the owner wouldn't let you do things your way. If you couldn't create a culture 
that fosters winning when it matters the most. If you couldn't get the most out of your people because ownership undermines your authority at every turn. Like that that would be the thing that makes me hesitate. But even if you're Bill Belichick, even if those things give you cause to pause, you are so close to Don Shula's all-time wins record. You're 15 wins away from breaking it. This is a Cowboys team that won 12 games each of the last three seasons. So you can get that done in a year and a half, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just do the math. I mean, so I guess I will always trust somebody's selfishness when it comes to the motivation that they have to take a job or to make a move. And in this instance, I think that would usurp the concerns that Bill Belichick would have over Jerry Jones. I get it. You might not win a title with the Dallas Cowboys because of the culture that's in place in part due to the owner, but you know you're going to break the all-time wins record. Like, yeah, the, the, it doesn't matter when the wins come from, whether the playoffs or the regular season, they still count toward you coming closer to Don Shula. So you have an opportunity to do that in Dallas. That's an individual goal that we clearly know Belichick is chasing after. Why wouldn't he sign up for that job, even with the challenges of the owner? That's the part that doesn't math to me, Smalls. Yeah, for Bill Belichick right now, it's putting the cherry on top of his legacy, which is already set in stone as one of the most important and transformational figures in NFL history. No doubt. But he he's a history guy, period. If he can get to that threshold, and you are singular in this regard in NFL history, that clearly means something to him, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine doing that with the Dallas Cowboys. <sighs> Imagine you're the one that goes to Dallas, and you restore that franchise to glory, and you win that franchise the Super Bowl. Maybe he doesn't view the Tom Brady divorce, the Patriots divorce, the way that we all do, but he's smart enough to know that the general public is looking at Tom Brady leaving and Bill Belichick being the one that wants to move on from him, and he left and he won a Super Bowl elsewhere. You know what the only thing that could trump that is? You not only become the all-time winningest coach in NFL history, you win your Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. You do it there, you win that divorce, and you win it Pretty handily. But I think we're answering the question why this hasn't happened and why Jerry stayed pat. It's because if Belichick does that, then it's about Belichick and it's not about Jerry. And that's why Jerry moved on from Jimmy Johnson way back when. It's because Jimmy was getting the credit for the modern-day dynasty that became the 90s Cowboys, not Jerry. Fired him, won a Super Bowl with Barry Switzer, and since then they haven't been to a conference championship game. That's 27 years and counting. So a, a big part of... Why Jerry has been reluctant to go down that road with these quote-unquote football czars is because he's not the central figure when it comes to his team's success on the field. It ultimately ends up being the head coach. Well, that's how short-sighted I think he is, if that is in fact the case, because to me it's the complete opposite. To me, if he fires Mike McCarthy, who's won 12 games three seasons in a row, who has developed your quarterback, and clearly they have a chemistry and a connectivity, Mm -hmm. and you decide this isn't good enough, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to go out there and get Bill Belichick because I want to win a Super Bowl for the people of Dallas, to me that signifies you're more of a boss. To me it signifies you are that guy. If you will push aside clear and proven success with the team at the regular season level to take a gamble on a guy whose team is pretty bad. And the Patriots and Bill Belichick over the past few seasons. That's a risk. And if it pays off, I think it actually works in Jerry Jones's favor. Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody, everybody in the world wants to win their way. I think anybody who says, no, I'll win anyway, 
come on, let's be like we're all people, we're all human, we have emotions, we have ego, etc. Like everyone who's in a competitive environment wants to win, but if you can win the way that you would draw it up, me included, you included, you included, like right, we're all like everybody is that way in life, and I think Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick are also that way. Jerry Jones wants to win Jerry Jones's way, and someone else getting the credit is not the way that he wants well, to win. Well, let's be clear about one thing though, Jerry Jones has always won doing it his way. He took a $200 million investment, which he borrowed a lot of the cash, and turned it into a $10 billion business in the most valuable sports franchise on the planet. If that's how you that, determine that, winning. That's what, he, right? that's, that's what he did. Right. But he also moved on from Tom Landry and hired a guy in college at the U and Jimmy Johnson and won championships that way. And then moved on from him and no, then hired another no, guy and won. I'm just saying, I'm just laying the groundwork though yeah. as to why he would have confidence that he can have success doing it his way. I think his version of winning probably has changed. Like I remember having a conversation with somebody about Michael Jordan owning the, the Hornets and saying that, oh, well, you know, this is the first time in his life he's lost. And the person said to me, how do you know how he defines winning? And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, look at the investment he put in and look what he's made out of it. He's already won his six championships. That may be his version of winning is making billions off of that, right? The, the so, scoreboard is the money. Right. This, well, in that case, right? In this case, it seems like Jerry Jones' scoreboard is winning Super Bowls. Yes, he's already won in terms of the valuation of the franchise. I think that Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones are probably looking at it the same way. I want to win, and I want to win my way. I don't believe that Belichick could win his way in Dallas, and I don't believe with, with Belichick, Jerry Jones could have won his way. I just don't buy it. I think what we've learned here is that if Bel- Bill Belichick didn't want the Cowboys, okay, but if Jerry Jones didn't want Bill Belichick, it means that Jerry Jones cares more about Jerry Jones winning a Super Bowl than the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think Jerry Jones cares more about being comfortable and being the focus of – whatever this team is capable of accomplishing, and hopefully that's a Super Bowl. So it's not as if he wouldn't like to win, but it's more about him doing it his way. And, and I get it. So play like, this I, out. Play I, I get this it. Out I'm then. a billionaire, yeah. self-made man. Like, I, I want to do things my no way. Doubt. I completely understand that. Yeah. But don't sit here and tell me that your top priority is winning a championship when there is a clear and obvious coaching upgrade in Bill Belichick. And that's why I asked you the question. I agree with that, by the uh, way. But, but I asked you the question earlier. Which one is more important? Is it continuity with the coaching staff for a a fifth season, or is it upgrading at the head coaching spot? Which one is more impactful for the Dallas Cowboys to win a championship? And I don't think there's any argument. I I think it has to be the coaching upgrade over continuity because we've seen from Mike McCarthy, especially in the playoffs, just hasn't been good enough. He's 1-3 in the postseason, including 0-2 at home in the wild card round. Mm. That, that, that's, you're not, the program is not developing. You're not evolving. You're not progressing. There are no tangible signs of evidence that you're getting any further in the process. Like, that's the part that I, I'm disturbed with. Like, I don't understand how that can be okay. So what Jerry Jones is, I don't think, allowed to say anymore, if, if he had a shot at Belichick, right? Let's just play out that he had a shot at Belichick. Yeah. You are no longer, and I love Mike McCarthy, you are no longer allowed to say, I want to win at all costs. No, you can't say yeah, that. You, and you I can't also say d- that. You can say, I want to win a championship the way in which my methodology, which made me a billionaire, works. Are you? Is, is it fair to then also say he can't say the standard is the Super Bowl? Because the standard has not been that for a long time, and you have kept the status quo. Yeah. Because that's what he says almost every single offseason. We have the talent to win a Super Bowl. Our expectations are to win a Super but Bowl. But see, that's the part where they, they lose me. They keep coming back to talent. 
And what did you say about talent, Ev? It just means you underachieve. That's my point. When you Stop talking somebody. about the freaking talent on the team. Yeah. Lord, I'm trying to keep from cussing. Well, nobody. <laughs> ta- listen, the, mo- the most talented players don't make the best teams, but the best teams always win. That is what Bill Parcells preached. It's got to be about more than talent. There is an intangible that comes along with trying to win a championship. You have to have chemistry. You have to have connectedness. That's that. That's what Tom Coughlin's teams had. That's what those Tom Brady. Yeah, you guys were not the most teams. talented. At no, all. we were nine and seven. We are the only team to not win times. double digit wins and actually win a Super Bowl. The only team in NFL history to have done that. I mean, listen, in two thousand and seven, they went up against the undefeated Patriots. Yeah, we can leave that there, part there, out. There, there is no. There was no debate who the more talented team on the field was. But it didn't matter about talent because the Patriots weren't the best team on that day. It was the Giants. But how can you expect to be the best team when the head of the operation is only concerned about one person? He doesn't have a team first mentality. So why would that permeate down through the organization? It doesn't. Meaning Jerry. It doesn't. doesn't. And that's why they underachieve because you have an owner that undermines the authority of the head coach. And the head coach can't put a culture in place that sets a team first agenda. Point blank, period. Our buddy Harry Douglas will join us coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yep, Mike McCarthy is coming back. Year number five of the Dallas Cowboys. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. HD is here. Harry Douglas, ESPN NFL analyst, with Freddie Coleman every day at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Were you surprised last night when we learned of this McCarthy news? I can't say I was surprised because it's also Jerry Jones we're talking about. Explain. <laughs> right, but um, I'm of the mindset always, and this is how uh, my dad always taught me to live. you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And in my opinion, when you see moves like this with Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry's comfortable. And I think that's been evident over the years. And when you have a franchise that is worth $8, 9000000000 billion, uh, it's understandable to a certain degree but you can't continuously harp on you want to win a championship and you're not making the moves in that direction. Now, the reason why um, I, I can't sit up here and say I like the move, like Mike McCarthy has had a phenomenal three years in a regular season. But in the postseason, it just hasn't been there. So are we comfortable with being 12-5 and five each year? 
and then losing in the wild card rounds or when you have upgrades at the at the head coaching position, when you have a Mike Vrabel, when you have a Bill Belichick, when you have a Jim Harbaugh. So when you have upgrades, you have to upgrade in that position as well, in my opinion. So taking that same logic and applying it to the Philadelphia Eagles who fell flat against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yep. what should be the conclusion that Jeffrey Lurie comes to after his meeting with Nick Sirianni today? Figure out who's the next guy. <laughs> Because it's, it, and it's different. I think it's more drastic than the Cowboys because yeah. you had an opportunity. You were ten and one. You had the number one seed in the in the NFC, right? And you lost six of your last seven games. And the game that you won against the New York Giants, you didn't look good either. Remember, because the players were talking about how they weren't happy or satisfied with their play on the football field. So for me, what got me about Nick Sirianni, I, I believe it was after the Arizona Cardinals lost, Chris, when, when he got up there and he said, well, if I had the answers, we would fix it. Bro, that's what you get paid to do. You have answers. Exactly. You're the, you're the damn head coach. <laughs> it's your job to figure out what's wrong with your organization, what's wrong with your football team. And I don't know if the messaging is still getting through uh, with these players when it comes to Nick Sirianni. I did not like their plan versus the Blitz and Todd Bowles. What plan? Everybody, that, that's my, my point exactly. <laughs> they didn't have one. Right, Because you knew going into that football game, your deficiency as an offense were when defenses blitzed you. And you knew the blitz was coming 100%. And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be able to do it at the level they were able to do it, and for you not to be able to execute things off of the blitz, it's it's coaching malpractice. But you know what makes that worse? The New York Giants did the same exact thing that we preferred. Not only the New York Giants. The New York Giants did the same thing. But on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys, Dan Quinn did the same thing. This goes all the way back to Nick Bosa in the San Francisco 49ers saying they had a blueprint to shut down the Eagles' offense. And I'll be damned if Nick (laughs) Bosa wasn't telling the truth. But it's it's, It's wild. as As a former offensive player, it's just so upsetting to watch because I had some of the greatest coaches in my career. And I was texting my offensive coordinator I had in Atlanta, Coach Malarkey. He was my head coach in Tennessee, too. And, and, man, we was just talking about how they always had us ready for whatever blitz a team was going to throw at us. Mm-hmm. And you hit it once, they're going to come out of it, I promise you, because they don't want to get hit for touchdowns continuously over and over again. So I thought it was coaching malpractice, and that's just talking about the offense. I didn't, that's not even talking about the defense. And what how defense? they can't even tackle and cover guys. <laughs> that, that, that was horrible. A horrible uh, a performance. But when you don't win the division and you have an opportunity to and you have a, a, a I think, massive game lead, a game's lead in, in, in that category, you don't get the number one seat, you lose that too, and then you get bounced in round one. How do you come back from that? Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough ask. Yep. Um, let's go back to Bill Belichick for a second. So it seems up until this point like he's destined to go to Atlanta. That's Uh-oh. Where, that's where all air... Wings on me, wings <laughs> on three. Okay, so how do you feel about that? Is that the best spot for him? Um, it depends. Uh, I think the Chargers job, because of the quarterback position now, cap space-wise... You got to do some work, but Bill, Bill Belichick knows how to maneuver that. He, he does, He's, he's yeah. been a genius at that over the years, right? Uh, I, when I look at Atlanta, two candidates, Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. Um, I would lean more towards Jim Harbaugh because of the simple fact that he's younger, can relate to players a little bit more. Also, the quarterback position, I believe in Jim Harbaugh being able to develop a young quarterback. Now, the Falcons with the eighth pick and Bill Belichick, if he, if he decides to go to Atlanta, you can, you can play with that a little bit. Are you going to bring in a veteran, a veteran guy? And are you going to move up in the draft and, and figure out, do you want to take a guy that you, you really, really are honed in on? So there's a lot of different things Atlanta could do with that eighth pick or what they can do free agency-wise or trade-wise to try to get a quarterback. But I, I don't think you can go wrong with Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. It's just, you know, 
What do you prefer? <laughs> Talk with Harry Douglas. Of course, you'll hear him 3 p.m. Eastern time with Freddie Coleman here on ESPN Radio. That boy bad, of course, on Get Up uh, today <laughs> as <wait>. well. Uh, <laughs> let's say Sirianni's back, yep. just for argument's sake, in Philadelphia. And we know that McCarthy is back. Should we then assume that Belichick and Vrabel and Harbaugh were never options in Dallas and in Philadelphia, meaning that they wouldn't have gone there if offered? Yeah, you have to. You have to. Because it's opinion. not a belief in the coaches. It's a belief in we couldn't get the other guys. Well, we don't know that for sure, though, right? Because when it comes to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, did, did you reach out to Jerry? I mean, excuse me, did you reach out to Bill Belichick? Did you try to interview him? Did you try to get him in? Um, and if you did, what was the, dis- what was the discourse? Did, did, did Bill Belichick feel like, okay, I couldn't be myself and really put my hands on this football team the way I wanted to because of Jerry? So these are all questions we don't know. And when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles – I think Bill Belichick is is perfect for that football team. You look at the personnel, the defensive line. You've got those big bodies, and you start there, and you can you can you can figure out things on the on the back end, right? So, Harry, spinning things forward to the divisional round weekend. I mean, yeah. we got a huge matchup: Ooh. Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Pat Mahomes saying he's excited because he's never been in a road environment, never played in Buffalo when there were actually fans in the stands. Is this the most important game in Josh Allen's career? Hell yes. <laughs> most definitely, CC, because when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, this is the most beatable they've, they've been since these two quarterbacks have been going at it. Mm-hmm. And I also look at the simple fact that you, Josh Allen in the playoffs, you played Kansas City on the road twice. You get him at home now. Mm-hmm. You get them at home. You're riding a six-game winning streak. So this is more important than the conference championship game that Josh Allen played in Arrowhead in 2020. Yeah, I would say. Because Josh was younger then. I was actually at that game, mm-hmm. and I watched Josh Allen not have his best performance and right take sacks he shouldn't have taken, miss a couple guys on, on some passes or whatnot. But Josh Allen, the way he's playing right now, in my opinion, the way he played against Pittsburgh is the way he has to play in this matchup. I, I don't believe in this game you can turn the football over and expect to win because we got to also remember Isaiah Pacheco didn't play in that first matchup. Mm-hmm. And when I'm watching film, there are some runs that I thought if Isaiah Pacheco was the running back and it wasn't Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, those runs would have been home run hitters, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I'm also concerned about the health defensively of Buffalo and two guys in particular, Terrell Bernard, who's first in tackles on their football team, mm-hmm. and also Taron Johnson, who is their slot corner and a guy that's third in tackles and you know, just does a lot of different things for them. Yeah. If those two guys aren't playing in this matchup, I'm concerned because I don't trust A.J. Klein to carry Travis Kelsey on a deep over route like, <laughs> I, like I've seen Terrell <laughs> Bernard do on film. That's not going to work out well. No, not Bills. at all. <laughs> and then you're talking about one of your better players on defense and Taron Johnson who's, who's able to be good in the slot and do a lot of different things, a multiplicity of different things. So th- that, that, that would be two huge misses for Buffalo if those two guys aren't able to go. So one of the takeaways from last weekend was two young quarterbacks that absolutely dazzled in Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud. Interesting matchups. I got a little Jones. Oh, there we go. I got a little Jones. <laughs> love Friday tomorrow, Harry. You know it. So which team do you think is more primed to make the upset? C.J. Stroud and the Texans over the Ravens or yeah. Jordan Love and the Packers over the 49ers? Ooh, tough one. For me, I'm going to go Jordan Love in the Packers. Ooh. I, I really am. I, I just think the way the Baltimore Ravens finished the season, um, the way Top Munkin and that offense is going and the way Lamar Jackson is operating it, the weapons, Isaiah Likely, I don't think enough people talk about him and the way he's been able to step up in the absence of Mark Andrews. 
But that defense, when you look at Matabuki, Jadavion Clowney, Cal Hamilton, which I think is the best safety in the National Football League, those guys are able to play at a high level and do what Mike McDonald wants them to do very, very well. When I look at the other matchup in Jordan Love, you're talking about two offenses that are similar, right? You're talking about two coaches that grew up in the ranks together. They were in Atlanta together. They were in Washington together. Now they're thriving as head coaches with their own, their own teams. Um, I love what Jordan Love poses. The key to Green Bay winning, you got to be balanced offensively. Right? You, you can't be one-dimensional with that pass rush of the San Francisco 49ers. But on the opposite side, you look at Green Bay's defense, which defense are we going to get? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get the one that, 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 that stepped up against Dallas, or are we going to get the one that you know, got ate up by teams that they sh- it shouldn't have? Because when you look at the makeup of their defense, they have solid guys over there. It's just about collectively doing their job. And you got to defend the skill position players of San Fran. Yeah. So I think if you can if you can be balanced offensively and kind of contain, and it's easier said than done, the skill position players of the 49ers, I, I, Green Bay has a, a good chance in my opinion. Mm. Well, that was the most serious we've ever been with Harry Douglas. That was very <laughs> odd. Right. I, I don't know what just happened here. I, I, man, that look, was man, weird. I was up at 3 a.m. last night watching film. I'm not saying I'm getting ready. I mean, know, I'm ready, baby. I know you are serious. I'm saying that is the most serious we have been with you. <laughs> Thank you to Harry. You'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Candy, Evan Cohen with you. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Kimberly A. Martin is here. Hey, now. We, 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 we kind of match yeah. it. We yeah, kind of yeah, got yeah, vibes yeah. right now. The, we got the milk in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Exactly. Hello. So let's get the surprise meter from you. You, last night, I'm sure you're talking to people around the league. You're looking into the Cowboys situation. And then we learn Mike McCarthy is back. He's back, everybody. Um... Okay, instantly when I saw it, I was surprised. Um, But then the more I thought about Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones' track record, this is not a guy who makes decisions emotionally and swiftly. Mm -hmm. When you look at the coaches that he's had, he literally – you could say Jerry actually is too loyal at times. Like the whole Jason Garrett era was a lot of eight and eights and nine and sevens and how – you know. I, I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised when I think about Jerry. And it's wild because you have Bill Belichick out there. Like, I think if I'm a Cowboys fan, and I, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I can live with, through back channels, Jerry getting a sense of, like, would Bill come here? Oh, no? Okay. Then I'll just stick with what I got. Because beyond Bill, I don't. it's hard to argue that you're going to get the same sort of results from another coach. I think, to me, Bill was the only target that they should have gone, gone and gotten. But if they feel like McCarthy's the guy, I hope, for Jerry's sake, he is correct. 
So I'm curious, does that mean that we're anticipating a Mike McCarthy extension? Is this a situation where he allows the clock to run out like Jason like Garrett you, back, yeah. back in 2020? I, I'm just curious because if the ultimate goal is to win a championship, is it? It doesn't. It, well, well, that, so, that, that, so, become, that becomes the question. That's what I'm saying. Having a head coach as a lame duck going into a season with Super Bowl aspiration doesn't seem like it's the ideal circumstance. I understand why people would be critical of the Cowboys and wondering, are they just trying to be competitive in that we can win 12, 13 games a year or are we trying to win a chip? Because right now, I, I don't know, I'm not sure what was said in that meeting between Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones. But if I'm Jerry Jones, I want answers as to how did that happen mm-hmm. and how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? Unfortunately for the Cowboys, it is a recurring theme that predates Mike McCarthy. So yes. something does not happen in the playoffs. And I'm not sure Mike McCarthy took over play calling. Dak had his best season in the regular season, MVP type of season for much of the year. I think Mike McCarthy probably said, you know what? That was year one of me in this offense yeah. with Dak. Yeah. Imagine what we could do in year two. That's what, you, that's what you sell Jerry Jones on. Again, I just hope Jerry Jones is correct because I think the Cowboys are not far off from being a Super Bowl type of team. And, I, and, and if you're going to stick with Dak, you're going to stick with Mike McCarthy, I'm all with it as long as the results pan out. Well, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year and is probably answering or asking at least those same questions today, how did this happen, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. What do you think happens with Nick Sirianni moving forward? I I actually uh, was texting with somebody in the building. I just said, you know, the longer that Jeff Lurie takes to just say, hey, man, Nick's the guy. I fully trust him. Mm -hmm. That's why the speculation is still going on. What's the holdup? Again, Nick Sirianni has to answer the same questions as Mike McCarthy. Explain what we just saw. Mm-hmm. But the difference with the Eagles is it's not just, hey, man, we had a great regular season, but we got embarrassed in the wild card round. It was, hey, for six or seven weeks, we completely were a nosedive. Like we were tail spinning, and I could, as a head coach, I could not stop it. And, I, and for me, that's a tougher conversation than Mike McCarthy, honestly, because you already have, you lose your coordinators. This this offense that Brian Johnson is running, it's Nick Sirianni's offense. This is not like it's Nick Sirianni's offense. This was a guy in the offseason who felt like the offense is fine. Like we don't have to tweak anything. We're good. Just mm. just run, you know. And then defensively, was it Nick Sirianni who made the move to to implement Matt Patricia and demote Sean Desai? Was that somebody above him? Was that how he wrote? I don't know, but whoever that person is needs to explain to Jeff Lurie why that happened. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know. I don't I don't know how to explain what happened to the Eagles. I really don't. Because it's, it's issues within the building. It's issues on the field, on the coaching staff. Like, there's a lot there. And it's a good team, but they do have a lot of offseason questions. Cameron, I want to go back to something you said about Jerry Jones and loyalty. What, in your mind, based on your reporting and your knowledge, what is he loyal to, the structure or the person? I... Because you said loyal to Garrett, loyal to McCarthy. Mm-hmm. That is a similar structure. Is it to that or to those two people? I think I think good leaders and good owners have to understand what they are not good at, like where their weaknesses are. And I think there's always specul- – a lot of people feel like, you know, Jerry just wants – Jerry doesn't want a hard, like a hard um, direct personality, like a big personality. Like he wants people that kind of like go along with him, like he's the face. I hope that's not the case. I hope Jerry Jones at this stage in his life, mm-hmm. after all the coaching changes and the different – 
iterations of this Cowboys team that we've seen over the years and how they have not been successful. And I mean talking about Super Bowl championships in a very long time. I would hope that Jerry at this point would say, I know what I don't know. And I'm okay with somebody else coming in here who has a Super Bowl pedigree or has different ideas of how we should do things. If, if it's simply Jerry Jones just wants a guy that, that, that doesn't really push back or kind of goes with the flow, like that to me, it's sort of, that almost feels like loser's mentality. Like it's almost like that's what's comfortable. I think these two franchises, Dallas and Philly, like forget what's comfortable. Like you got to do something. And I'm not saying you have to fire McCarthy, but if you're going to keep him, what are we changing? Is it how we draft players? Like, stopping the run. Are we getting bigger body guys in the middle? Like, are we going to change our approach there? Are we going to change play call? Is there something that we're going to need Dak to do better? Mm-hmm. Defensive Dan Quinn, he might have a new job. But what, like, you got to have the answers. And, and I, I really don't know. I really don't know if they figured it out. Came out another name that's going to loom large during this hiring cycle is Jim Harbaugh. Yes. He's already completed interviews with the Falcons and the Chargers. Curious to know, based on what you're hearing, do we anticipate interviews with other teams, or is Harbaugh's potential leap to the NFL going to come down to those two horses? So I, I would be surprised if other teams wouldn't express interest, but I think everyone expects the char- like the Chargers were the team, like they were the team that would that that seem to make the most sense. Although me personally, I think the Falcons make the most sense for both Belichick and and Jim Harbaugh. Well, I know the Falcons owner Arthur Blank will actually spin what it takes to get Harbaugh from so, Michigan. Yeah. So that that's the thing. And I think when you look at the Falcons, they have a very good roster. I think Falcons fans will be happy if the new coach just uses Bijan Robinson. Uses some of our like skill players, just figures out how to make the the talented weapons that we have actually relevant in games. I think with Belichick, here's a guy it's short term. Two to three years, right? He can pass Shula. Does he have a quarterback? You know, like can he do you trust him to go out and get a quarterback or do you get a vet? I think they should probably get Justin Fields, but that's neither here nor there. Or with Jim Harbaugh, you can trust him to identify college talent mm-hmm. and build a winner and you know that could He's be a longer. He's always had quarterbacks. Exactly. Like Josh Johnson, exactly. Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, J.J. McCarthy. I'm telling I think yeah. the Falcons, from the money that Arthur Blank, is, you know he's willing to spend. He wants a winner. I think the Chargers have the quarterback, but they also have other roster issues and also just financially, this is a – I don't care what they say publicly. The Chargers are known around the league as – they're cheap. Like, they do mm-hmm. not spend money. So I, I think he makes sense with Justin Herbert. But what's the – but the years going going forward, like some of these contracts that they have, aging vets, guys coming back, how, you got you to gotta supply Justin Herbert with, with other weapons beyond just offense and defense. What's the latest that you're hearing on Antonio Pierce and the Raiders? Is that the spot for him? So they, he is high on their list. They, they, he's the favorite there as of right now. Okay. But I can tell you, he was impressive. In, in, like he talked to Tennessee. Like this guy, he gets it. I think mm-hmm. the experience as far as – I think what in these interviews, these candidates, these assistant head coaches or, or whatever, have to show that they have a clear understanding of who their staff is going to be. And I think that might be something where Antonio Pierce is like, this is his first gig. Like, he knows people around the league, but like, oh, is that guy definitely coming with me? I don't, you know, but from not just presence, not just confidence, but a guy who played in the league, knows championship football, and also gets guys to play. I think if Max Crosby says, I'm not, like, I'm out if he's not in, 
I think if you're the Raiders, you have to literally bring this man back because then you're dealing with other problems. Because if, if Antonio Pierce, let's just say, I'm not reporting this, but let's just say Antonio Pierce ended up in a different organization, best believe Max Crosby is going to try to get there as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you love to see. Players saying, that is my guy. Don't make the same mistake we made a couple years ago and, and not bring, retain uh, Rich Bisaccia. Mm-hmm. Let's get this right. Uh, yes or no, very quickly, Kmart. To your knowledge, has Mike Vrabel interviewed anywhere? To my knowledge, no. But there are co- there are candidates who have interviewed, and they're they're they don't want it out. They, so I'm not saying he hasn't hasn't talked to anybody, but I haven't heard mm-hmm. right now, which is interesting. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you'll see Kimberly A. Martin uh, as part of Get Up, First Take, etc. And of course, every week with us matching pre- alongside. Hello, Hello. I'm Hello. over it. Next. <laughs> With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Each and every day at this time, our producer, Pat Costello, gives you what he is over in sports, entertainment, and life. With your head coach still employed, Nick Sirianni, by the way. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. This is where you talk, Pat. Well, normally you say Pat. Or Pat. Hello. Hi. Can someone explain to me why Mike Tomlin and Mike McCarthy aren't exactly the same coach? Because literally everything about them is almost exactly the same resume-wise. And for some reason, we're putting Mike Tomlin in the Hall of Fame and saying Mike McCarthy's overrated. It doesn't make any sense to me. Is it one Super Bowl loss? Is that really putting Mike Tomlin that over the top? I don't get it. Well, well, there's that. And then there's the subpar quarterback play that Mike Tomlin has had to endure throughout the years and still not have a record that's below 500. Like, that actually matters. That's the context around it. Mike McCarthy is only known above average to Hall of Fame quarterback play. Like, Mike, Mike McCarthy's only had Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Dak Prescott. Like, like, do we need to list all of the different quarterbacks that have started games for Mike Tomlin over the last decade? Do we need to go back to Duck Hodges? Do we need Josh Dobbs? Mitch Trubisky? Mason Rudolph? Come on, man. 
Miss I mean, me with so all of that. We're putting him in the Hall of Fame because he was above 500 with bad quarterbacks, but didn't actually win anything. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, you can say it doesn't make sense to you, but they're in the playoffs. They have a chance. So? They're in the tournament. How do you mean so? That matters. It Not, do, it being matter. in the they playoffs doesn't matter. They, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you consistently don't barely. You barely get out of the first round. Okay. Which right. well, and well, they don't I, even I, do that. I, I don't. I, I, I don't I, understand. I, I I don't know what to say if you don't understand it. I can't believe that we're saying that these two are the same coach. I think when it's Mike clear Tomlin, that it's not. I think Mike Tomlin's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think McCarthy is, but I think that McCarthy is closer to Tomlin than Tomlin is to Belichick. Mm. Well, I, I, I don't understand why we got to do that. That can't possibly be true if they were go, both going to be in the Hall of Fame. What do you mean if, that can't be true? If they were going to say Mike Tomlin and equal. Bill Belichick are both Hall of Famers, then they're on the same level. No, not all no, Hall of Famers what? are created equal. Yes, they are. No, they're not. They're both in the, if they're both going to be in the Hall of Fame, that means they're on the same level. Not all Hall of Famers are They're going to be in the same club. Equal. They're both going to have a gold jacket and a bust at Canton. They're gonna, that's the same thing. Yeah, just because people are in the same... I was in a sorority. I wasn't the president. Yeah, we all had the same letters on. That doesn't mean we had the same hierarchy. <sighs> the I Hall of Fame it. does not split it. There's no president of the Hall of there's Fame. No spe- there's no but special I'm, wing I'm of the Hall of Fame. There's a hierarchy. Bill Belichick yeah, but we know, own wing. We he's going to have the same jacket. They're going to give the same speech. Like, right, but we know as sports fans the difference as to careers, right, of people that are in the Hall of Fame. Like, we get the fact that there are different levels of this. Can I ask, can I ask Pat a question? Pat. If you had a choice, if they were firing Nick Suriani and it came down to Mike McCarthy and Mike Tomlin, who would you want to be your head coach? Uh, well, just because it's the Eagles, I would want Mike Tomlin and not Mike McCarthy. What, why is well, that? Uh, well, why is uh, that? Because he coached the Cowboys. Hello? We, we just see his division rival coach. But I thought you just said they're the same coach. It's, but they're, they're, no, he's saying he doesn't want the Cowboys. Want he doesn't want to give in to the Cowboys is what he's saying from a rivalry perspective. I think what Pat's saying, which I understand where you're coming from, is – if you have Mike Tomlin or you have Mike McCarthy, your belief, Pat, is you're going to end up in the same place either way. Literally, they keep doing the same thing as each other every year. They get bounced in the first round. It's I cool. Mean, I, I think Mike Tomlin is a better coach. I think that you're. I think that Mike McCarthy is underrated in a way that doesn't make him a Hall of Famer, but makes him very good. Next one. Snorkeling and scuba diving. If anyone ever suggests that I snorkel or scuba dive, we're no longer going to be friends. Why are you setting me up to be shark bait? What did I ever do to you in life? I don't get why people think it's a fun activity. I'm going to stay on dry land. That seems awful. I I don't understand some of these activities as well, like mm. bungee jumping. I would never. Skydiving. Almost did it once. You know, how do you one? almost skydive? Because you go up in the plane and don't jump. I had I had the gear on. Right. And they were like, there's a problem with the plane. Oh, my God. You can come back tomorrow. I go, guess what I'm not doing? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Guess but if there's a doing. problem with the plane, wouldn't that prompt you to want to go out and jump no, out? No, no. She wasn't in the plane. Oh, you weren't in the plane. They couldn't even yeah. take off. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do. If there's a yeah. problem with mm-hmm. the plane, there's probably a problem with the shoe, too. Yeah. Good call. Good, ca- good call plane? by you. But you just, the, get on this but just the idea of it anyway, though. Like, I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. No. No, yeah, thank I'm you. Just like I'm not bungee jumping. What's it? Freebasing? Is that what it's called? With like No. Freebasing is drug That's drugs, Evan. That's 
not base what jumping. <laughs> base jumping. <laughs> Free basing is. I wouldn't do that either. Wow. I wouldn't do that either. Uh, Somebody didn't what, take what, dare. What, 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 uh, I'm over it. Well, I'm over. Freebasing. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't You're do like, drugs. What is it? What is don't it? Freebasing. Yeah, I'm not doing that either. If I don't do anything. I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not. I'm at straight I'm, edge. I'm not freebasing. Yeah, leave it to the guy who doesn't even drink to talk about freebasing. What is it with climbing without ba- base jumping? Yeah, there's base jumping, That's mountain climbing, climbing with, all yeah. that stuff. I'm not no. doing. I'm not doing none of that. I've done. I did rappelling once, where you climb down, but you're no, hooked I'm not, in. I'm not doing and that either. Real quick, uh, Kmart just texted me. She said she skydived before. Oh, really? She's, she is brave. She's well, I'm brave. Not doing it. I'm glad you didn't say she was I'm not basing. doing it. I'm not doing <laughs> but it. But to Pat's original point, it. I have gone scuba diving and snorkeling, and I think scuba diving's a little overrated. You just kind of you're on the surface, or you go down a little bit, and you, you see some cool stuff, but it it's kind of underwhelming you mean you the do. snorkeling snorkeling yeah scuba diving is when you go a little deeper yeah, right I, and I did that and that was cool but I kind of freaked out and was like yeah because you're good. under you're underwater and there's a lot of things that can go wrong and there is no margin for error and all you hear is yourself breathing nah, and I was good for nah, a little bit and after nah, a while I, I looked nah. around and I'm like I'm pretty. I'm down pretty deep. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I ain't lost. <laughs> well, I ain't, I ain't lost nothing down there. I ain't lost nothing. I'm straight. I'm straight. What's I'm good. wrong with like pickup basketball? Why don't you just do that? Everybody who wants to be all adventurous. Well, you can, hurt, you can hurt yourself playing a pickup game, especially if you're playing with the wrong people. I understand. Yeah, but on yeah. vacation, very literal you're there, want- by you. <laughs> <laughs> very little, literal. I'm saying versus ju- bungee jumping, just play basketball. Will you please? Yeah. What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna sit in a chair and drink pina coladas and not do any of that. No, there you go. There you go. Or you can get a manny petty. Toe Uno. in the water, but don't go in too deep. Like I'm with that. I'm with you on that one, Pat. Next, Next. One, Pat. Uh, I have a screaming neighbor, and I thought they were going to leave, and they haven't left yet. Um, this is less of an I'm over it, and more of a how do I tell them to shut up respectfully? Just go over there and knock on the door. I had a neighbor above me that was really loud. I went up there, I knocked on the door. I said, "Hi." I don't know if you realize, but when you walk, my apartment shakes below you. And we're supposed to have padding under our carpet. I don't know if you've complied with that, but if you could, that would be amazing. And guess what they did? I don't hear them anymore. Yeah, wow. Smalls, but Smalls that, could, that, could, that, that could go a whole nother way depending on who buildings. that neighbor is, though. That's true. Like, like I, I see, like, in your mind it goes a certain way and people operate with decency, but that ain't everybody. And that's what I'm saying. If yeah. Pat goes there, it could just make things worse. Could go left. I mean, Pacific Heights. It could be a situation like that. <laughs> they could Set, be freebasing for all you know. We're on oh, Sportsman like on wow. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Wow. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.